everyone to the 64th episode of Everyday Channel. With me tonight is our GOAT Legacy streamer, Eric Landon. Hello. <laughs> and our doctor from the island, Matt Pavlik. Greetings. Hey guys, how's it going? What have you been up to? Uh, what have I been up to? I went to GP Vegas. That was great. And then uh, the following week this week was the wedding, my best friend's wedding that took up most of the week that I was the best man at. So that was that's what I've been up to. Oh, you posted a picture of that. I did. That looked pretty cool. But tell us tell us about Vegas. Was it your first time in Vegas? No, I've, I went to GP Vegas a few years back for Legacy and uh, that GP didn't go very well for me. <laughs> And, and then you played your Barn Stoneblade deck, I guess? I did, yeah. And I went, I 2-2 two, two dropped. I was very tired. I, I forgot to sleep the night before. <laughs> you literally um, forgot to sleep? I, I guess, that actually sounds pretty cool if you go to Vegas and you forget to sleep. That sounds like you, you've yeah, been up to something. totally spaced it. And I had no buy. So I went to, I started out 2-0 and lost 2 and dropped so I could sleep. But this this time around, I was playing modern uh, again with no buys. I uh, am not a lot of testing in modern, but I played mono red prowess. Uh, had a pretty solid start, but didn't make day two. I ended up five and three. I lost uh, to burn twice uh, in a close three matches both times, and then the win and in for day two, I guess you would call it, was against Tron, which I had beat earlier in the day. But this time, game three, I had what would have been a lethal turn three if I could find a third land by turn three, uh, and with a looting as well i had two lands and a looting and i but i couldn't find my third land and i ended up losing so five and three uh but then i played the legacy mcq and managed to top eight that so that was pretty cool oh, how many people were in that mcq i have no idea exactly how many i know it capped out at 500 and something 514 or what the fuck dude i, no, I had I, no idea did you no i don't know how many people actually play it i know they cap it at like 540 people I don't okay. know how many people were in the tournament. There were a lot of people. It's probably hard to tell because the entire convention center was probably full of people. Right. Yeah, I didn't. I, so I don't know. Hundreds of people were playing. And what did, what did you lose to in the top? I guess you played like Red Reanimator. I lost to a deck list registration error game loss. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. What did you miss? Scrubland. Uh, yeah. Never forget. Yeah, no, but I lost to a uh, Rug Delver. Is that a rough matchup? I, I would think it's a rough matchup, but what do I know? Uh, It was, it's the hardest blue deck. At the moment, I've been kind of tuning for it because it's probably the only playable blue deck in Legacy at the moment. <laughs> so, but right now, I, I feel fine about my matchup with it, with the current list. Yeah, I feel pretty good about it. I had a really sweet game against Bob Huang while he was streaming last week. That really highlights that you can beat a handful of counter spells with Reanimator. Is it is it on your channel? Did you stream it or was it? He was streaming it. Bob was streaming? What the fuck, dude? Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. only four minutes in, I already said fuck twice. Is that like a limit if you want to have... I guess I, I picked the most hardcore rating on iTunes anyway, so we can say whatever we want. Much. Send nice. us a message if you feel like you're our youngest viewer and you're offended by Julian. I think Eternal Glory actually got a message like that, that I talked about that, but we haven't yet. We are not that popular with kids yet. <laughs> That's why we have um, Matt on, right? Matt is popular with kids. I am. And then I stick needles in their face. I'm like, don't worry, this will be fine. I guess you, you don't really get a lot of a lot of kids at the military base coming into your office. You look a little young. Did you lie on your enlistment form? Yes. <laughs> I mean, people did that for the Second World War, right? I, I heard about that. They did, but not anymore because there's nothing interesting going on. Nothing interesting. I guess that's one way to put it. Uh, in other news, Matt, what have you been up to? I've been working a lot, and I've been acquiring some of the newer cards from the newer sets, so I can start playing paper again. And I will be buying into Magic Online. Oh, you were definitely okay. I we, I will. You know I keep promising. We're gonna stream together. Yeah, every time, right? But we're gonna stream together. Like last time we streamed together, you literally fell asleep on my couch after That's we built your deck. 
that was a couple cool. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that and is that, the guy who And then it. I had to finish that league at like two in the morning and I almost fell asleep because I don't like playing chunt, but you insisted on this deck being like the nutter better and oh. But yeah. you get there. You will get there. It's true. It's true. It was good. It's a good time. Uh, otherwise, just being busy with work, but looking forward to playing a little bit more Magic and playing with such greatest hits as Hex Drinker and the Snowlands and Prismatic Vista and all the good stuff. Yeah, Hex Drinker actually does show up. People didn't really give it a lot of credit, including me, but it shows up both in Rock Diver lists and as well as Maverick lists, so it might be better than I initially anticipated. I'm wanting to try that card Nickfit because you can go Hex Drinker, I have a bunch of mana, now we have a, a large dude. That pretty much sounds like a Nickfit version of Sneak Show. You know, you, you go ahead, you have this big untouchable thing, and then instead of having it right away, you just grow it over something like five turns and hope that the opponent doesn't have a sacrifice failure. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't strike me as super threatening, but I could be wrong on that. You never know. And then they kill that, and then comes the Siege Rhino. <laughs> it's been a while since we've seen Siege Rhino, but maybe you're going to put it back on the map. I'll put it back on the map. Actually, if you're serious about getting into Magic Online, you should consider naming yourself Sea Trino or having like a Sea Trino themed stream. Like Eric has this thing going on with the goats. Uh, I have this thing with the elves, and you could be this the, the Rhino Rhino Doctor, Rhino Man, Doc it's Rhino. True. I don't know. It sounds like something out of the eighties that they would show on TV. Hey, Doc Rhino. Or I feel like, anyway. Or I feel like a Spider-Man villain, Doctor Rhino. <laughs> I guess we're getting a little, of course, here. It's all in the name of Sea Rhino. Now's the part where we ask Julian what he's been up to. Yeah, that's actually Julian, what, what have you been up to? <laughs> Me? Um, I I have tried to make elves work on, on Magic Online. I've tried a lot of crazy builds, including... Well, it was more of a meme thing. I put Dark Depth and Thespian Stage into elves, ended up cutting a lot of the, the more expensive the stuff and played... Yeah, no, the, I think I cut Natural Order. I'm not even sure. I'm pretty sure I did. And I played the um, Elfish Reclaimer as a far-off, which turned out to be really, really good. And I immediately 5-0 the first league that I played with it, which <laughs> gave me, yeah, gave it you gave hope. me false hope. Yeah, false hope. Because after I played that, I was so excited for it, and then I decided to stream it, and I think I went like 1-4 and 1-4, and then I played it offline, and I went like 0-3-drop, and <laughs> I literally couldn't make that deck work. That was must, must have been like a one-time thing that I yeah. managed to get there. I ended up winning a couple of games with Dark Depth, but most of the time, even just the Reclaimer being a 3-4 that, that gets in very early on, that was already good enough. So people are experimenting with making Reclaimer work in Elves. It's just like, I feel if you go ahead with that kind of plan, you really eventually end up being a Maverick deck with the Elfish Visionary via Symbiote combo. That's the only thing that you have, which you might put you ahead of Maverick or like allow you a different kind of angle of attack. But I feel that's that's not really doing it for me. Because Merrick also has a pretty grindy approach, especially with um, Tireless Tracker. So, I don't know. I feel like if people ask me, is Dark Depth Elves good? I, I can only tell you it's going to be horrible. It's so bad I didn't even upload it <laughs> to my YouTube. Maybe I should. You know, you, you must be true to yourself, legit. Don't always upload, like, the good leaks as in 3-2s. <laughs> upload those fucking 0-1-5s. You have to. You got to keep yourself honest. And speaking of that, I still haven't uploaded the Nickfit leak that you were pretty much commissioned to me. <laughs> it's true. How was that? I heard pretty uh, not so great. I think we actually ended at two and three, but it didn't really work out very well. Tomas was telling me that this list was something that I had to play. Like I needed to do this. And I said, okay, okay, fine. Let's I'm try it. I'm pretty sure it's I good. I'm pretty sure it's good if you actually get to make your fifth land drop on the fifth turn, which I didn't even get to the third or fourth turn making my land drops in time. Because he cut so many veteran explorers, and I'm like, I, I just don't... Like, 
Because that deck used to play four Veteran Explorer and somewhere between two and four Deathrite Shaman, cutting to below four mana producing guys feels so bad in that deck. And I'm kind you know, of like... The weird thing is, to me, I actually like that he ended up cutting the Veteran Explorers because I really don't like relying on the... Fuck, what the fuck? There's a giant insect in my room. I will oh, casually Jesus. ignore it. Kill it. Proceed as usual. Where is it? <laughs> what kind? Does it have wings or no wings? No, it's it's all green and it's on the bottom of my bookshelf. So apparently, you can like walk on walls upside down. Jesus Christ! Kill it with fire. I won't touch it. I also can't master fire. Anyway, <laughs> before we get too lost here, um, something I want to talk about uh, really quickly before we get into the rest of the show. If you check out the most recent legacy challenge lists that have been published just today, we noticed something, and that is that Sneak Show is back. Big time. I actually didn't actually pull the exact numbers, but if you look at the uh, the composition of the top 16 or even the top 32, there's so much sneak show compared to what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, even months. And that might be something, if you ask me, especially on Magic Online, where the metagame is more fluid, people are getting sick of caring about Renin 6, about Plague Engineers, about all that kind of stuff. And they just want to play something that, that ignores all of that shit. And with JPA putting out a list that he allegedly went, I think, 26 and 2 with over the last couple of days. Holy shit. That's that's something else. Like, he's playing four dayses, which in used to be a sneak thing show? in Sneak Show for a while. Yeah, but it used to be a thing for quite a while. But then people discovered spell pierces and Fluster Storms. So now he's gone back to that. And maybe that's, that's the new thing to do. I mean, he already tweeted about that. And he said, like, it's probably only going to work for as long as people respect it and then you can actually cut it for a while and people will still respect it for a couple more weeks even though it's not there and that's actually the sweet spot you know where people respect your days even though it's not even there mm-hmm. so you kind of craft your own meta games uh, at least on magic online and with regards to that but eric have you have been uh, running in, a lot into sneak show lately you've, you've been streaming a lot right um i I don't think I've seen it all that much, but I, I did see that it was putting up results and I saw JPA's tweet, so I, I gave it a run myself, played it in a league. I don't know, I, when I play Sneak and Show, it always feels very clunky to me. I always have all these expensive creatures and spells in my hand, and I don't know. I 3 2 it was fine. The dazes were cool, but yeah, I agree with what JPA said there, and similar, similarly to something, I remember some of the Storm people you know, started jamming dazes into their deck like they had found some new hot tech. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's only going to work for about a week. <laughs> and they were saying, uh, they disagreed with me, but then they also stopped playing it about a week later. So I think I was right there. Um, yeah, days is, is great in a combo deck when people aren't expecting it. And then when they are, it stops uh, really doing much. Um, so I think what JPA said, what you said, your, your quote of what he said there, uh, makes perfect sense to me and it did seem quite good i did get some pretty sweet dazes off and i can see the appeal of wanting to do that over spill pierce uh, to speed things up my problem with the deck is i'm not finding the right opener of lands and payoff spells to take advantage of the first few turns i mean the deck i think you generally want it to be pretty quick yeah i don't know because your opponent gets to put stuff into i mean there's plenty of stuff out there that can answer uh emrakul and Gristlebrand not getting to draw after a certain number of turns is also pretty bad. So, like, you don't really want to go very slow, even though it's, you know, got a bunch of cantrips in it and stuff. So I just, I don't know, I, I never find as much success as some of the, the good 
pilots with it do. So I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but uh, yeah, it seems to be doing pretty well. And I gave it a try and it felt the same to me as it always has. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with you that the deck sometimes has issues if, you, if it can't really get its combo off early. But I, I think it also heavily depends on the matchup. Because yeah. depending on whether you're up against an aggressive deck or not, I feel sometimes they heavily commit to... Well, you can't really call it a grindy plan if your only grindy card is like two chases from the sideboard. But that's often what you see that they're doing. They ended up cutting Lotus Petals sometimes and add more stuff from the sideboard. But I feel with the way JPA's list is set up, you can't really do that too much because you you have so many cards that like Days and Lotus Petals, and I think he even had at least one some in Spirit Guide... So those cards are not really great once you get to turn five or something. So yeah. I could see that his approach is, I want to hit quick, I want to hit hard, and I want to get there. And I can totally appreciate that. Like all the, the dirtling that people are trying with Renan's X, you could totally get to ignore ignore that. And that's, that's pretty good. So what I'm wondering right now is, what is the next step, I almost want to say? We always talk about how, how paper metagames are not very fluid, whereas Magic Online is a lot more fluid. What... What is Sneak Show traditionally weak against? I, I got a couple of ideas, but I wanna I wanna hear from you guys. What do you think people might do if, if Sneak Show sticks around to punish that a little harder? Play Reanimator. <laughs> <laughs> no, did, did you get uh, to do the sweet stuff where you discard stuff and reanimate that creature? Oh yeah, yeah. Their their hand is fair game, and you're generally faster. And they can't really cast their show and tells a lot of the time because they do and you and, and they lose. Ashen Rider. Gristlebrand. If if you both put in a Gristlebrand, the Reanimator player generally wins. Uh, if you put in an Ashen Rider, you you win. If you put in a Chancellor and you have a combo in your hand, you generally win. So there's just like so many, so few situations where the card show and tell actually beats Reanimator. So you're kind of more looking for Sneak Attack, which is very slow compared to the Reanimator combo. So yeah, I think Reanimator has a very good show and tell matchup. Although JPA beats me every time, but it's still a good matchup. <laughs> I guess JPA also beats Michael Jordan at basketball, so that doesn't yeah. doesn't really matter <laughs> too much. Mm, Matt, what would you be playing against Sneak Show? I mean, how is Death? In, I mean, Death in Texas right now is probably pretty yeah, positioned in the meta in general. But how is Death in Texas usually fared in the past against Sneak and Show? Not very well. Right, before Omniscience became a thing, I would yeah. actually argue that Death in Texas was the worst matchup for for Sneak Show. But ever since Omniscience became a thing. And to a certain degree, also, Kozilek's like, return, it's it's actually turned the matchup quite on, on its head. Quite you can still like, get wins with Death and Texas if, if they really have to go for uh, show and tell. But if they kill you with either Omniscience or Sneak Attack, it, it's rough. It's it's really rough. So that's probably not where you want to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that if I was playing Sneak and Show, I wouldn't be playing. I wouldn't want to be playing against a deck that was packing like a bunch of Pitting Needles and a bunch of Destroy My Sneak, sneak Attacks and a bunch of, like... Diabolic Edicts, and that's a deck that I don't want to be playing against, so yeah. I don't know, some sort of, like, aggressive like, not the Gate, because the Gate is not a deck anymore. Was it ever? I don't know. Mm, ten years ago. Gatekeeper of Malakir, really? <laughs> is that the answer? <laughs> that's the answer. Uh, so actually. what I was I was thinking was whether something like Buck Diver could warrant seeing play. I mean, it, it doesn't have access to, to Red, which is the hot thing to do right now, but Buck Diver, like, dedicated Buck Diver with of discard spells and four hymns and all that kind of stuff. That's probably one of the worst matchups for, for that deck. But you haven't no, really I, seen Bug Delver in quite a while. Well, what's Bug Delver's biggest weakness? That it's not Rock Delver. 
Yeah, because you don't have the blasts, right? You don't have the bolts, you don't have the blasts. Yeah, and you don't have you don't have access to uh run and six, which is the big thing. But I guess the question is if you're running if you're running some sort of like bug delver that was really heavy on getting rid of ren and sixes and just like anti-combo could you just run off the fact that say you run four spell snares and you're just like well that's what i do all day counter your ren and six yeah uh, spell pierce is a card uh, spell snares a card that has actually showed up quite a lot lately um, i think it's making somewhat of a comeback i remember when 10 years ago spell snare was almost everywhere and i played it i think as a four off in most of my blue lists but these days, people are like, hey, I'm doing the hipster thing. I'm playing two spare snares on my Miracles list. Like, whoa, dude, back off. <laughs> no, I think like I think playing four spell snares right now in this meta would be quite good. Four spare snares, that's quite radical. I, I could see it working out, but that's that's something that people haven't tried in almost a decade. Maybe maybe people should actually explore that. I'd be interested in that. Four, four sounds like a lot, but spell snare is definitely... Well positioned right now. Well, look there's... at all the power, like look at all the powerful two drops right now, right? You're you see all these. It's obviously all about the thivet, the lost, right? I mean, you need to be able to count. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, right? You, you, there's there's a lot of two drop action going on, right? There's a lot of there's a little bit of Stoneforge Mystic. There's a lot of Red and Six Dreadhorde Arcanist. Spursing has an interesting card in the sense that it's actually better on the draw. I would argue in, in most of the decks because the decks that play Spursing on the play often want to tap out for a powerful two drop, be it Ren and Six or Hymn to Torch or something. So they don't really get to counter their opponent's two drop on the play unless they wanna unless they wanna gamble that the opponent will, will have it. Uh, but then otherwise you you somewhat wasted your turn. So it, it certainly comes at a cost. And playing four could be quite rough. I could see it like just to try it out to get a good feel for the card. I'm feeling more like two. But it heavily depends on how you construct the rest of your deck of course. Yeah, I think I mean I think any counter magic that costs mana to cast has issues as well just because you have to leave your mana up and it's best in it's not okay, it's not best, but it's good and you want to get your value out of it in blue mirrors and they usually have wastelands and so like keeping mana up and then there's dazes and stuff so it's like having a card like that stranded in your hand is kind of bad news and uh getting it dazed or getting wastelanded off of your plan of using it it's all can can cause you many problems. So I think yeah, two is great. It also somewhat competes with, I guess, force of negation for the supplemental counter spell slots because right. you usually would run your four forces, and then if you have like a force of negation or two, it sl- slots are getting tight. And these uh, legacy has never really been the format where you really try to counter everything your opponent is doing, unless you're playing, I guess, counterbalance or chalice. But in a fair game of magic, that that doesn't really come up. Like we we are not doing the thing at, from the kitchen table where people are like, "Hey, you counter all my spells." Yeah, that's it's not really a thing anymore. Like people even side out hard counters against a lot of fair decks. Yeah, Matt already mentioned the new new thing in the meta game. The the card that I can't even say blindsided us. We actually saw it coming last last Legacy Challenge already, but now it's back. JTL 5 18th place in the last Legacy Challenge. Which, depending on the size of the challenge, either means like a very bad six and two, starting off O2, or maybe maybe something more like a five and three, which is still respectable considering that the level of competition is pretty high in those events. And he's or she, I don't know, is back with blue white tempo playing three Fibbletip the Lost, the new blue and white draw engine combined with two Caracas. I still can't believe that this is a thing, but ever since we last looked at the deck, Deck actually upgraded to three copies of Fibbertip the Lost. And Matt, I'm really wondering how long until you actually end up ordering those to my to my house. For those who don't like, I'm I'm 
I'm the transition station. You already ordered How them. long? We're talking about it right now, right after this podcast is done. Boom. It's happening. Four German or four Russian copies? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. I was going to say, this deck is uh, calls back to a long, long time ago. Weathered Wayfarer? Blue-White Tempo? Oh, this has been a while. Yeah, I, re- I really talked about that in the last cast, where the, the Blue-White Tempo threat on, on the source was one of the most controversial things ever discussed. I'm kind of happy that they apparently decided that four other is the way to go, and not two like it used to in the past. Mm. Um, the deck, it looks like it actually has legs. And for those who are wondering what else is in the deck, it's, your, it's pretty much how you would imagine a blue-white stone blade list with more creatures to look like. So it's got four stone forges, four true name, four brainstorms, four forces, four swords, three days, and then four weather wayfarer, which in this deck will get you one of the three wastelands or one of the two Caracas. And together with Fibbletip the Lost, which I, I guess I'm going to read it again because people might not be aware of it. It's a color that is in a blue for a 1-1. And when it enters the battlefield, you draw a card. It's literally... Elfish Visionary. There's an extra clause if it entered from your library, which never happens. You draw two cards, but that doesn't matter. And then when it ever becomes the target of a spell, you shuffle it into your owner's library. So you can bounce it with Caracas, because that's not a spell, that's an activated ability. And with Wild on two, you literally can keep this up. This is... I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to to make sense of the deck, and the only thing I can see is, this is, is this like a fixed version of Death and Texas? Are people really going to put Plague Engineer on Homunculus? I mean, it's, it, it might become a thing if, if this draw engine is grinding you out. <laughs> Guys, it's interesting. I, I, I it's it's, it's interesting. This. I don't think it's a crazy draw engine. It's better than nothing, I guess. I don't really see where you get any value off of the shuffling it in. I don't know. You don't. You I don't. mean, obvi- obviously, this deck is all about connecting a piece of equipment to True Name Nemesis and going to town. But they also play two Tomic Distinguished Advocate, which is also kind of interesting. So basically, they can't target your Caracas, right? Yeah. And then they basically, it basically totally turns off. They can't play land cards from their graveyard, so no, uh. No red and sixes. Yeah. Fibblefip likely increases their blue count. <laughs> I bet they have a blue count issue. That would be my guess. Let me count. Seven. Yes, they do. Holy. Yeah. It's yeah. 15. Oh, yeah, 15. Whoa, that's super low. That's why they're and playing. Then, did I miss something? No, it's super low. Oh no, there's days. So it's 18, but that's still not a lot. But that's why that's there. They needed a blue can. They needed a blue card. And he does do something. He can trips, yeah. right? And it wears a sword. Like, but is is Wu Spy not better though? I don't even know what that does. So the pro- so the reason that they're doing this is because they're playing Aether Vial, so they can't play spells. They have to play creatures. They're playing Brainstorm. I mean, they're playing Force of Will, so they have to have. A certain number of blue cards. Uh, the, yeah, that's what's going on. And it's kind of cool that you also get to, to fetch the Caracas with the Weather Wayfarer. I guess you haven't played the deck yet, but I, I already talked about it last time. I think I'm actually going gonna, gonna to stream it very soon because I, I want to explore the magic of Fibbletip the Lost. I want to show up to a magic tournament and, and cast Fibbletip the Lost on the second turn in the 6-0 bracket and see the face of my opponent. In speaking of tournaments, there's uh, not there haven't been too many paper tournaments lately. But just this weekend, there has been the 170-player Four Seasons Tournament in Bologna, Italy. And we got, can't really say quite an interesting top eight. It's pretty much what you would expect, except for the winner. So the winner of the event was Lance taking down Claudio Bonani's Miracles in the Finals. And if you don't know who Claudio Bonani is, he's the guy who won GP Lille in 2015 with Day's Miracles. So for the rest of the top eight, there's two Canadian Threshold, one Blue Red Diver, one Moon Stompy. One Ad Nauseam Tendrils and one Maverick. And you can't really say too much about those lists because they haven't been public yet, but you can definitely check them out in the Four Seasons Tournament on Facebook. So by the time this podcast comes out, you can definitely see those lists. You should definitely check that out. And another tournament I want to advertise here is the Beijing Olaf event. I think we already talked about that in the previous cards, but now we also have the the payout. 
So if you want to show up to that event, it's the 2nd and 3rd November. It's the biggest legacy or rather eternal tournament in all of China, which I guess says quite a lot. And the payout is literally the best you have ever had in any paper tournament that wasn't run by by the mafia like we, we i've been to tournaments where you could win like a rolex and all kind of weird stuff in italy and nobody knows how that makes sense but this this tournament is totally legit and it's driven by love for the format the tournament organizer really wants people to show up to have a great time and that also shows if you look at this last year we had about 150 players showing up and at a 42 entry and a 9k payout that's actually a 150 percent payout if you go to your SAT or, I don't know, MKM or wherever, if you hit a 50% payout, I guess that's already pretty good. But if you go to this tournament, 150%, and you get to have like an awesome location in China and Beijing, you get to meet a lot of people. Eric and I went there last year. It was a great time. And if you end up taking it down, you will actually draw, go home with $2,800. You cover your flight, you cover your hotel, and you get to keep a bunch of extra money, which seems pretty darn good. And you get to eat a lot of Chinese food. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this payout is is absolutely ridiculous. I don't... Yeah, I actually can't think of a better payout anywhere else that I've ever seen, ever. I think this the only issue with this tournament is the fact that it's in Beijing. That's. I would say that's an upside. You actually get to explore a completely new culture. Yeah, I'm sure. with Julian. That was great. It was a great reason to go last year. No, no, I, I totally agree, but I'm just saying this... I mean, this tournament would draw if it were, say, in Germany. Yeah, we would all go to jail if we if we did this in Germany. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I now wish I could go, prices. but I can't. You're not going this year. When is it again? No, I can't make it to China's first first weekend of November. Maybe I'll go. When, when's the uh, the GP Bologna? China's on the way to Bologna. Uh, I think it's the the yeah. It's Bologna should be the last weekend of November. All right. Yeah, I probably cannot. I probably cannot do that. <laughs> you might connect that. If you want to crush on my couch, that's easy. Actually, I'm pretty far from Bologna, like five hours by train. But if you want to, that's... Anyway. Appreciate so, it. I might, that would be great. <laughs> China's up, baby. Let's figure it out. Yeah. So for the second half of the podcast, we want to talk about something that's been going on for five weeks on Magic Online now. You might already have heard about it, either on this cast or seen it on Twitter or on Twitch. And I don't know how, how it's for you, but for me, whenever I stream Legacy Unchained which is a tournament series where we unbanned a lot of legacy cards just to see how, how it would work out. And whenever I stream that, I have so many people coming in. They're like, what? Dig Through Time is legal? Wait, the Julian just cast Survival? And this is this is the magic of it, right? You you have a bunch of cards, not all of them from the band list that are unbanned because there's like weird stuff. There's like Jeweled Bird and Falling Star <laughs> and also a little-known card called Black Lotus that we decided to keep on the band list. But of all the cards that we unbanned, we are slowly getting a feeling for how they are performing. And full disclosure, this is not the actual legacy format. So you can't really say, for example, this deck is not performing, so it's an easy unban, because we're we're trying this out in a format with a lot of unban cards. But it is giving us some indication of how a card feels. And we also sometimes have people playing completely legal legacy decks, which which is a thing that, that's always kind of nice to see. And we, after five weeks, I want to say, are getting a first feeling, which cards we like, which cards we overestimated, which cards we underestimated. And I think, Eric, you're still... Aren't you, like, in the winner bracket semifinal or something? You're pretty far into it, right? Yeah. 
I am in the semifinals. Yeah, for me, I'm I'm in the loser bracket. I think I won my first week, then I lost the second week, and then I think I I won three times in a row. I think one of them was a bye. But I'm I'm already in the top eight as well. Hey hey. <laughs> nice. I'm the only one with no buys who hasn't lost yet. You, you haven't what? I'm the only one with no buys who hasn't lost yet. <laughs> oh, your opponent has had a buy. Yeah. Yeah, Daniel. Oh, yeah, we had eight people with buys in the first round. True, true. Yeah. He was like, I don't think we're facing each other because I've only won X amount of times. And I was like, uh, that's because you had a buy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the I'm looking at the list here, and I definitely see a Nick Fit list here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can definitely check that out on um, minmaxblog.com. If you want to see the actual list, head there and check that out. There's actually two different kinds of Nick Fit lists, or even three different kinds of Nick Fit lists that we will talk about in a moment. There's... Regular Nickfit, there's high tide Nickfit, and I think some people also played burning Nickfit or something. Uh, at least that came up in the test matches. Maybe they actually didn't play it in, in the actual league. I actually don't see burning Nickfit in there. But in high tide Nickfit, that, that actually that was a real deck. I almost lost to it. It's basically uh, Nickfit, but with high tide, and then you mine Seasire into a bunch of planeswalkers. <laughs> it sounds weird, but it's it, it was played to a 2 and 2 finish thus far. That's pretty good. How did you get all yeah. these uh, results, by the way? Uh, Caleb Smith, who's also organizing the league, compiled this for me. Wow. And this is one of the ideas of the league. Like, in the end, we want to have the all the stats for how every deck was, or rather card, was performing. You you would sometimes can't separate that because some cards show up in, in the same deck. For example, Texian Probe and Deathwatch Gemini usually go into the same deck. And it's kind of interesting to see. But first of all, I want to talk with you about the decks you played and... The decks that you enjoyed the most thus far, Eric, because you've been doing pretty well. What would you say? Which deck has been your MVP thus far in the Legacy Unchained League? Um, well, <laughs> I think I'm undefeated with Pox. I, so I've been playing a mixture of, of uh, decks with banned cards and decks without them. I've been playing Pox with no banned cards in it, and it's been doing pretty well. I keep winning somehow. And reanimator with no banned cards, and then um, the the decks with banned cards that have been good for me, at least the most fun, is Bant Blade. Even though I don't have the best record with it, I'm a two and one with it, but it's just uh, nostalgic for me. Good deck. I, I was one of my favorite decks of all time, and made me miss playing it. The deck is it's awesome. <laughs> it's kind of funny. So thus far, the decks that, that you enjoyed the most were actually your legal legacy decks, Black Red Reanimator. And I, I guess you might have played Mind Twist and Pox. I don't know. No, I thought about it. I was like, maybe I'll put one, but I was like, no, this deck doesn't ever make enough. It's just like him to Trox just way better than Mind Twist. So so you basically had two straight up legacy decks that you've been performing very well. I also with. did Oops All Spell. I, did, I played three different decks with no banned cards in them. Oops All Spells, mainly because people, it's like, there's that Druid card that's banned and that people are playing. And I was like, I don't really think that that card's actually better than the Oops decks. Maybe a little bit, but not really. I mean, the deck, that card, you have to untap with it. It's basically the same combo, but you it, a little bit more resilient because you can play lands in the deck, but you also have to untap with a 1-1, one, one, and you're only playing four of them. So I just don't really know why that card is banned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been shitting all over Hermit Druid for most of the league, but I gotta give it credit. Something I do enjoy about the deck is that you can actually just just quote unquote put it into more of a mid-range deck more like almost like a nickfit style deck not exactly nickfit because that that wouldn't work with the basic lands but something that has this oops i win button of course the problem is if you draw too many of your of your combo cards the hermit druid becomes like pretty much like a dead card and it also forces you to sometimes commit to to a combo that you don't know will actually work out 
Whereas with Upsal spells, I guess that's just your yeah, normal modus operandi. That's that's just how it works. And yeah, I mean, what, what are you more worried about playing against? Upsal spells with like Chancellor in it or or Hermit Druid? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. I just feel I've seen a sweet Hermit Druid list. I'm actually let me look up the stats. How is okay? Hermit Druid has been went two and four in the league, so not that great. Uh, yeah. I guess I'm the only one who who might have ever dropped a game to it. Who knows? <laughs> And then uh, Reanimator's performing fine. I think I'm 2-1 with that as well. Bant, 2-1. Deck's great. Uh, way better of a fair deck than any survival deck. <laughs> and Pox. I don't know what made me want to register that, but I did. And I beat Mentor Countertop with it. And I beat some other combo Storm deck with it. Then some of the decks that I was like excited to play, there was one with uh, uh, Mana Drain and uh, Mind Twist. And I just that one I just lost horribly with. I'm so glad you told me because I almost copied your list. I was looking at a couple of successful lists because I had to submit mine. Oh, fuck. I actually needed to submit mine. Okay, I'm going to submit mine for this week tomorrow. Um, I almost copied your your Mana Drain Mind Twist list because I've, I figured, okay, let's play something clunky. Maybe it's going to be good. But then you told me, okay, you you know what? The deck is not good. So I, I, think, I, I think it's a better deck than it performed for me. I mean, I only played the one match with it. And it just, I, I just, I don't know. Like my cantrips didn't find anything good at all. Like I, was, I, I didn't play. I didn't get to play any like d- death right shamans or. It just I don't know. It didn't work out for me. I I, I got wrecked by like Renin six. <laughs> so instead of that deck, I ended up playing what seems to be the most successful deck in the league thus far, which is Grixis Pyromancer. So it's not it's not the Grixis Deva. It's literally just four Pyromancers, three Snapcaster Mages most of the time, and then just a bunch of stuff. Oftentimes, uh, while Probe is a given, I guess, and Cable Therapy. And if you can, and we have the special rule that you can only put Dig Through Time in one of your five decks of the week. Uh, last week, I played a deck of four Dig Through Time in that list, and it felt amazing. I ended up playing my final game um, against Rodrigo on Blue Red Storm with it, and oh, that deck felt incredibly powerful. Overall, if you look at which decks have been doing well, I think, or rather cards that have been doing well, you have a bunch of Stompy decks. Wild Eldrazi is 5-1, and one, Straight Up Eldrazi is 4-0. and oh. But I guess there's Nickfit in four and one as well, <laughs> and but or Deathrite uh, Elves at three and oh. Deathrite Shaman is the card that I would argue has performed the best of all the cards that we unbanned. For example, we got Survival, which is one of the most controversial cards in the entire league, um, especially when we, when we discussed that among us um, before the league started. It's currently sitting at ten and sixteen. It's mm, is it the most played deck? So it's like yeah, this and Grixis Delver are the most played decks. And while Grixis Delva is sitting at a surprisingly weak 13 and 13, considering that I think it might be one of the best decks, well, looks like I'm wrong on that. Um, but Survival 10 and 16 is certainly a disappointment. It's not bad, and the numbers aren't, well, it's the most played deck, but I don't want to say like this validates what I've been saying about Survival, because that would be dishonest, because the numbers aren't that big. But 10 and 16 certainly doesn't strike me as, oh my god, this is broken. What, what are people even doing? When we look at Grixis Pyromancer at 9 and 3, or or even like all the Stompy decks that are performing really well, 10 and 6 doesn't really strike me as as too broken. I don't know, Eric, how has your experience been with... Have you played any survival decks? I think you actually... You, you I tested it before... Oh yeah, I played... I tested it before we started. Uh, I played one, I think, match against, I think, maybe Didn't you? Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then I was... I, zero interest in playing that deck. That deck felt horrible. It's filled with t- terrible cards. <laughs> It's so bad. <laughs> like you, you have to re- resolve survival, or you're playing with a completely neutered mid range deck, 
and survival's completely answerable uh and yeah it takes it's just i mean if you're trying to do something broken do something broken don't put a bunch of bad cards in a, in a mid-range deck i don't think that 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 card needs to be banned in legacy whatsoever other than the price keep it banned yeah that, that's a discussion that we're going to have um, as well at, towards the end of this because the price, this being a reserveless card, is certainly going to have, um, it's going to be an issue for people. And that uh, as much or as little as Swatsy will ever say about that, but I could certainly see that being, being a thing. Yeah, the price that. would go out but of Matt, control. Definitely. Matt, tell us about your experiences with survival. Um, I remember when you still played like a ton, you also enjoyed survival quite a bit, right? Yeah, I mean, I've been playing Legacy since before the split, a.k.a. pre-04, so there was a lot of survival going on, and I played it was my first survival, survival was my first deck, my first competitive deck that I played in Legacy, and the card was great, but, uh, you know, as we got to, I guess it would have been, what, 2009, 2010, when it actually got banned, uh, obviously they were playing Venge Vines and all that fun stuff and attacking people for 16, however, at that time I was playing... Four extirpates in my sideboard, and well, they had a good matchup record against that deck. Really, this leads us back to not so long ago. You could argue that survival wasn't that great because you had Deathrite Shaman and you had Pithing Needle and all these cards that have been printed ever since. Now, this league is obviously it's very hard to try and isolate and say, okay, what about survival in the current meta as opposed to survival in a wide open meta of what we have here. However, I think the strategy is very answerable, and I think Eric has a good point in that if you do not resolve survival, you have a very awkward mid-range deck. Now, what we saw in 2009-2010 is you basically had Maverick plus, you know, survivals. So there you go. Is that a bad thing? That's the thing, right? That's the thing. You mentioned how if you didn't have survival, you you just had like a bad mid-range deck, but that's what we did, right? We, we yeah. played Rock Swarmonk and, and that kind of thing. I keep going back to Rock Swarmonk because to people these days, it's such a ridiculous card. But that, that was like the staple of what you did on your turn three. You either cast Rock Swarmonk or you cast uh, um, Knight of Reliquary once it was printed. Yeah, uh, and, I guess they were and, in the same set pretty much. <laughs> and I think and I think realistically, we have to come back and say, what are we doing that's so much more broken? Like people were talking about how unfair it was to use survival to play loyal retainers and then get back Iona or Emrakul or some shit. And then now we're playing turn one show and tell into Emer Like, I don't know what people are really complaining about. I mean, we're doing stuff that's way more broken, and I think this card can be easily disrupted. So easily disrupted. I think what would end up happening is if this card were unbanned, which I think it realistically should be, there would be the few people like me who are going to play like a grindy mid-range deck or maybe some sort of... Some people are going to try playing it in a combo deck. And it'll be fringe playable, some similar to something like Aluren. Whoa, okay, fringe playable is something that I wouldn't be on board with. I, I would think that it would certainly be, well, you could argue whether it would be tier one, but it would certainly be like a good tier two deck. Um, no, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh my god. Yeah, goodness. you know, first of all, the only reason it's even medium in the Legacy Unchained thing is because of Deathrite Shaman, which you said is the best card probably in all of Legacy Unchained. You don't get Deathrite Shaman and you're facing down Renin six decks, you're gonna have Birds of Paradise and Noble Hierarch in your deck. If you don't have like four mana that this the the card uh survival doesn't even do that much. It's an interesting argument. Um I was thinking you would go in the other direction and say because we have Deathrite Shaman, it's keeping survival in check. Uh, but you're actually making the argument that because you don't have survi- uh, Deathrite Shaman and actual legacy, you would need to play even more quote-unquote bad mana accelerators that don't do anything in the mid to late game like Birds and Noble Hierarch. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess that there's truth to both of that. Um, well, Deathrite Shaman doesn't I, stop I, three 
it doesn't really stop three uh, Ventrines from being good against against you if you don't have anything. Um, I mean, like I, I played Bant against it twice. My Bant Deathrite Shaman Bant Stoneblade deck, and, and I beat it. And even the pretty busted Ventrine straws. I mean, they don't beat Stoneforge Mystic with a Batter Skull on it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, they also don't beat surgical. Like surgical extraction is still a card. You just like yeah, you're fine, and you're like, see ya. Yeah, and I mean that's why I've always been of the train of thought that you want to play a mid range version of it um, that doesn't really rely on survival. I mean that was already true ten years ago, right? When when people played yeah. survival, the key to playing survival was play a deck that's good if it never draws or resolves survival. And that's why we saw stuff. Um, you, you remember that recurring nightmare chunk survival? Um, yep. We called it Wush survival in Germany. You probably didn't call it that. Yeah, I remember that. Or Barn yeah. survival. You remember that? That's cool. Wush or Barn survival, yeah. right? Where you played four Tamogolfs and two to three Vendillion yep. clicks and, and that kind of stuff. Like the only thing that you played is tutor targets were Squee, the loyal retainers combo, and sometimes a one off Saw of Temptation, for example. You played three Rock Swarmong. Come on. It's, yeah, it's but the like, then, there, then there are those lists where you're playing like one avalanche rider, one bone shredder, one this, one that, and you're like, wow, you've got the toolbox. But like, when you don't hit that survival, hot garbage all day. Yeah, that's what people called angry trade when survival, or, yep. uh, or actually that was already unplayable like ten years ago, pretty much to be honest. <laughs> um, or also red green survival advantage also wasn't really like a deck yep. anymore because it survived. It relied too much on survival. And the, the other mid-range cards just became too good. So everybody knows that I really want Survival Unbanned. If not, like, for monetary reasons, I can see why you want to keep it banned. But I'm trying to tread slowly and not push push the agenda of Survival too much on this podcast. Otherwise, we are going to have, like, three people who say Survival should be unbanned. Um, so let me play Devil's Advocate here and say Survival... I guess we already talked about that, but Survival should still remain banned. Because how much money is it going to be for our playset if it's over 100 euros... I guess close to like one fifty dollars even for a single card. So you're looking at five to six hundred dollars for a playset. Is that really where you want to be? Assuming that that is at least tier two playable. If, if Eric is is right and and it's not playable at all, then borderline. No, it's issue. playable. It, it'll make like the Maverick decks. I guess you could tune a Maverick deck to not have too many bad cards in it, but have a good survival draw available to it, and then Maverick would be a little bit better. That's how I see it. I don't even know if you would have to, though. If you're like, huh, I don't want to spend 600 bucks on a playset, you'd be like, okay, I guess I'm not. And guess what I'll play? Caselli Pride Mage to blow up somebody else's survivals. Seems good. Call it a day. That's- so yeah, that, that's our thoughts on survival. If you have had experience with the card or are completely new to the card, let us know how you think about that. If you want to watch a couple of matches, head to minmaxblog.com or check out my YouTube, which is linked on itstudian.com. I play survival pretty much every week, only in a single deck. I play green-white survival. I think I'm... Actually, I'm only one and two with it. I actually contributed. You know what? I'm actually faking all these. I'm losing all the time so survival can look bad. No, seriously. I love green-white survival, and I think that's what I would play if it was unbanned. And if you want to see some footage of that, check out our videos and let us know how you think about the card. In speaking of the other cards, we already mentioned that Deathwatch Chairman has, to our impression, performed the best... I think Getaxian Probe is up there. Is there anything else, Eric? Mana Drain? How was, how was Mana Drain? To me, it has been super, super unimpressive. Unsurprisingly. I, I, I think everything that hasn't been banned in the last five years could be unbanned. Like, everything. I think it's... Everything that hasn't been banned? Yeah, so like, dig through time forward. So like, dig through time probe, Deathrite Shaman, uh, 
of the things we've been playing with at least, uh, they should all stay banned because Deathrite Shaman, especially after having some time without it in the format, I realize is just incredible. <laughs> like I didn't want it banned because I liked playing with it, but yeah, keep it banned. It's it's a little bit too much. And Probe is really unfun uh, to play against. And Dig Through Time is obviously super strong. And to, to, to make this clear, you're referring to the cards that we unbanned for this league, so you're not asking right. for Moxon to be unbanned. No, not everything in the history map, just the things on this list. So everything else, Windfall, Mana Drain, Hermit Druid, Earthcraft, Mind Twist, you can unban all of them and they have very little impact on the Legacy format. But I don't think we should be going and banning more things because... Because hostage negotiation? Well, no, it's just like we ban one thing and then people start complaining when the next thing is too popular. It's like the reason people don't like Renin 6 is because people are playing Renin 6. It's not because it's oppressive and that you can't be playing anything else. Th those Renin 6 decks are are just one of the good decks that are available right now. So regarding your, your statement about the last five years, I think the only card where I would actually be torn is Mind's Desire. Even though the deck hasn't been performing super well in the league, it went, let me check that, it went five and nine, so... Was that in the last five years, banned in the last five years? Well, Mind's Desire has been banned since the inception of Legacy. Matt, correct me on that. Oh, I see what you're That's saying. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it would right. actually be fine to unban it, but yeah, that one I could... I would, I, I mean, it, it could leave that one banned. The, thing, the problem with that one, even though I don't think it actually... Um, I, I don't think that it makes Storm significantly better to the point where like i mean storm's already a pretty good deck and it does the storm thing pretty well so like i don't think it adds a ton there but the problem with it is that you don't have to play any of your win conditions in the main deck and you just draw your whole deck so yeah there's not a whole lot of play left to it once you've resolved mind's desire it's just like the, the, the weaknesses are mostly gone there isn't a card that says you can't wish you know so yeah yeah The fact that you can't discard or surgical um, win conditions and things like that, it's, uh, yeah, that's the problem I see with that card. But I don't think it makes it yep. that much better. The only thing I've been wondering is whether we've been building Mind's Desire wrong in this league, because everybody has been playing Blue-Red Desire with Burning Wish. And like, like I said, it, it hasn't really impressed with its results. And I wonder whether there's a build out there. But I'd be willing to explore that. Wizards theoretically at least has shown that they are willing to unban stuff. And like throw stuff at the wall, see what sticks, and if, if it's really too bad, like Olgari Grave Troll and Modern, they're gonna ban it again. I don't know. They they haven't really done that with regards to Legacy. As far as I remember, they have never unbanned and then rebanned a card in Legacy. The only thing we've ever seen is bannings and unbannings, not rebannings. Well, the things they've unbanned are like exactly like what I'm talking about. Borderline unplayable, like land tax. I land mean, tax. <laughs> land tax yeah, and World Border Dragon. Those came unbanned in the last five years. Like those are. Those are not playable. Those are very, very fringe decks that are... I mean, you, people don't play them because they're competitive. They play them because uh, they want to have fun with these old cards. I was just going to say, like, there's a, a huge legacy of cards that were always banned that are slowly coming off. Like, Entomb was banned. Like, if you forget, like, Entomb wasn't always legal in this format. Yeah, I was wondering what the which of the unbanned cards actually have had the biggest impact. And I think it's Entomb... Grim Monolith, and then farther behind somewhere Time Sparrow. I guess those are the cards that really made an impact, right? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, Replenish, I guess. In <laughs> if, if Replenish is the fourth most playable card that has ever been unbanned in Legacy, That's then so be it. sad. I was happy when Replenish was unbanned. I was already playing Enchantress, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. But in my opinion, things that need to come off because it's ridiculous. I mean, I know we're kind of flogging a dead horse here, but like Mind Twist, come on. Recruiter also can come off. Earthcraft can come off. 
I'm good keeping those three and then seeing what happens. I'm not a fan of the draw sevens, but I also don't play combo decks. It's interesting you mentioned Recruiter and, and Mind Trust because I actually wouldn't unbend those two cards. Recruiter is no. power level wise, I think it's fine. I would be happy if Goblins was a little better. Um, or I guess people would also try it in, in a combo list with Food Chain. But the logistics behind it, I think it would be quite annoying. It probably doesn't happen that often, so it wouldn't really be too much of an issue. I just, I just hate it when people take too long. And I think Resolving Recruiter will usually take people like quite a while. And but I mean, okay, I could be well, wrong. I, I could be persuaded. I could be talked into it. But Mind Twist, uh, the other card, power level wise, it's not there, right? Um, we already agreed that Hymn overall is the better card. I just feel like if Mind Twist actually ends up seeing play, it's going to be an incredibly miserable card. That, that will probably be powered out by, I don't know, Dark Rituals or Grim Monolith, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah Grim Monolith. Like a, uh, Cyrus uh, Cormac Gill, when we played, he played a Eldrazi deck with, with Mind Twist in it. That was pretty sweet. He, he definitely beat me with it. Uh, and the Mind Twist. He cast Mind Twist for four on turn three or whatever. Yeah, if you can't counter that, that's uh, pretty good. So that's why I would keep that band. But just because of gameplay reasons. So not because of power level. Uh, there's like very few cards that have ever been banned legacy because of gameplay reasons. I think one of them is Mental Misstep, which made gameplay quite miserable, even though I somewhat enjoyed myself doing it, but I was eventually in favor of banning it. And that's that's pretty much it, right? I guess Peter, you could make an argument for Deathwatch Shaman, which made it so that most of the decks looked very similar, but that, that's, that's a different kind of discussion that we don't want to really get into. What I asked you guys to come up with before we um, started the stream is the idea somebody holds a gun to your head and they're like, okay, three cards should be banned, three cards need to be unbanned. Go. And we already heard from, from Matt that, Matt, you were going to unban, you said Mind Twist, Recruiter, and Earthcraft. Yeah. But which cards would you ban if you had to? Gun to my head? Yeah. I mean, I just... I haven't played a lot against Ren and Six. However, it's really expensive, and I want some, so and I don't want to pay the money. So let's ban that one. <laughs> Dude, this is supposed to be a competitive. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is not to be MTG Finance. <laughs> um, what would I get rid of? Um, okay, I'd get rid of Gristlebrand, because I fucking hate Gristlebrand. I'm sorry. I know there are people who play it and love it. Really? But I'd ice him. Yeah. And I, don't, I, I can't pick another two. I would just have to choose something like... Okay, no. Let come back. Get back to me. Get back to me. Get back to me. Okay. So if actually, I'm, I'm going to read Bob's suggestions first because Bob he's out hiking, but he wanted to to submit his as well. So Bob would also ban Grizzlebrand. He would ban Plague Engineer. Actually, Bob would ban four cards. He's now we're going to ban Bob because he's going to ban Grizzlebrand, Plague Engineer, True Name Nemesis, and Renin Six, and he would unban Mind Twist and Winefall. And if money was not a factor, he would also unban Earthcraft and Mana Drain, even though I don't really see Earthcraft becoming very expensive. But Mana Drain, even though it's just an, un just an uncommon, but I think it's uncommon one or something, which it's basically rare, it would probably become really expensive because it would be a four-off. Or the index that really want to use it, or a two-off, I don't know. But yeah, very very similar to how I feel about this. I would, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Eric, but I would also ban Grizzlebrand. I would also ban Plague Engineer. I'm gotten to a point where I feel like, yes, I, I want to do that, even though power level-wise it's not there, but it's like, ugh, it's so hard to play tribal these days, and I don't really see a good way to, to overcome it. But it, this is like the gun to my head scenario. I definitely wouldn't ban it right now, but I could see banning it eventually. And True Name Nemesis, just because it's such a miserable card, doesn't really add anything good to the format. But those, those are my three bannings. And if I had to unban anything, actually, and that might be, surprise people, I would actually wouldn't unban survival or anything, 
if Grizzlebrand was banned. I'm just coming from from the point of ever since we got that card, the format is so superpower turbocharged with regards to making that card work. That's so something like survival should be able to exist because it's like we mentioned, it's not really that broken with regards to what actually is possible in the format. But I feel if we removed Grizzlebrand, the format, like the power level with regards to the broken stuff, would come down so much that. It wouldn't even need to unban survival. But if yeah, if, if you put a gun to my head and I need to unban three cards, it's going to be survival, hermit druid, and earthcraft. So that that's just me. We'll get back to me. So I would say yeah, Gristlebrand, Truny Nemesis, and then I don't really have a third that I'm really really in favor of. Ben, what is good against Siege Rhino? Uh, fatal push. <laughs> okay, fatal push it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to ban swords. Let's be real. Yeah, you're playing your own swords, right? Exactly, so. So, Eric, what would you do if somebody forced you to, to basically do the prisoner exchange thing, right? You plus three, minus three. Well, I don't know. I'm not willing to do it. <laughs> Shoot me. No. <laughs> so I, I don't like this. I, 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 because, first of all, I don't think Grizzlebrand decks are, again, they're not oppressive. I want things that continue to allow people to play more decks in Legacy. And... But does it, does it actually do that? The show-and-tell decks and the reanimator decks are a style of deck that are only playable because of Gristlebrand, yes. Is, is that really true? Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know. You're not playing reanimator to get to get uh, the blue, whatever. No, no. The decks would be horrible. They'd be terrible if you don't but have that's, Yeah, but that's what people have been doing, and it was like a solid... Iona. We played Iona But all forever. the fair decks have powered up as well. Yeah, but not that much, really. Everything's powered up. Everything's gone up in power. So, no, the deck would not be playable. The reanimator's... Strategies would not be playable without Gristlebrand. Show and tell strategies would not be playable without Gristlebrand. And I want more strategies for people to be able to play because then you have more decks and you and it's just a, a healthier metagame. So all of my answers would be uh, in alignment with that. So I think you could unban everything that hasn't been banned in the last five years, as I said, because none of them are a problem other than the fact that the money situation might make Legacy less affordable. So that would be a different factor. But yeah, so. Uh, and Plague Engineer, I think, should be banned because it makes... All it, it, it's just a card that doesn't really add anything to the format, and, and it just makes it so that the uh, tribal strategies are borderline unplayable now. So yeah, so my answer is just have more playable decks, not fewer. And if we ban stuff, then the next it's just like it just piles on top. So so basically, your response is somebody's pointing a gun in your head, and you're just like spitting in their face and saying, "Shoot me." I like it. No, he's actually he's making a cost for a better format, right? The only thing we disagree about is whether show and tell and reanimator decks are playable without Grizzlebrand or not, but he's he's basically saying... What, you're what saying you saying, want right? the most cards possible. I get it, I get it. I'm just yeah, saying yeah, he yeah. doesn't want to do the three for three, which is fine. Yeah, totally. Like, but, So Eric is actually a martyr of, of the format. He's, he's That's exactly it. it. Yeah. <laughs> he's taking a shot for, for the metagame. Awesome. So with that established, <laughs> we're going to call it a day now. What are you guys going to be up to? I think, Eric, you you have to take care of some urgent business now. Yeah, I got I got to get going. I'm I'm actually going to be house sitting, so my stream will be from a new location, and there's going to be a there's going to be pets there. So if people are into pets, they should tune into my stream. Okay, you should bring a second webcam. Pro tip. I will. I don't know what makes for the best animal to to show on your stream to to get most hamster. Viewers. Hamster. Well, this, is, really this is a pomeranian. I think that's about as good as it gets. <laughs> I guess dogs are really popular. <laughs> so yeah, Matt, what what are you doing tonight? I'm probably going to go shopping on Card Market for to build uh, yeah. a bunch of new decks. Good, tip. Good choice. Yeah. And right. for me, I'm going to head to bed because it's almost two in the morning. Oh, and with that, uh, if you enjoy this podcast, if you want to support this podcast, check it out on Patreon. Uh, yeah, right on Patreon as well. But check it out on iTunes. Uh, if you want, leave us a review. That helps us to show up even higher in, in searches. So if people want to find Speed Legacy Podcasts, they can find us. And if you want to support what we are doing, 
head to patreon.com slash everydayjournal where you can become a subscriber and also join our Discord where we, for example, take listener questions. I think we don't have any today. People just want to hear about what we talk about as regards to the brand list. And where can people find you? I think, Matt, you're pretty hard to get hold of. I guess you're on Facebook? I don't know. Not really. Just Not really. send Julian an email and he'll get it to me. Yeah, we were talking about setting up a post office box for you at the Canadian Army or something. Still still in the works. Yeah. And Eric, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at EWLandon1 or Twitch at EWLandon. Awesome. And if you want to get hold of me, I'm it's julian 23 on Twitter. And on uh, Twitch, you can find me twitch.tv slash itsjulian. And I stream like twice a week right now. I'm preparing some projects. And yeah, that's going to be it. I want to give shout outs to our latest Patreons. Ron, Frankie, and I hope I'm not mispronouncing your name, either Philippe, Philippe, or Philip. But thank you so much for supporting us, for making the running of the show possible. You really make a difference. And I hope we're going to see all of you next time in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.